This is Main Thing Radio with Pastor Robert Fountain of Calvary Chapel, Miami Beach. Join us as Pastor Robert teaches verse by verse through the book of Acts. imperfect. Every single one of us has broken the law. And if we stand before a holy God, he's going to look at us and say, you're guilty. And if all you have to say to me is I've lived a good life, eh, it's not true. Not by my standards. You've broken the commandments. You've broken the law. You're guilty. And unless you've accepted Jesus Christ and the penalty that he paid on the cross to cover your sins, then you're going to stand before him with no excuse. You're guilty. Just because you have a clean conscience doesn't mean you're clean. We often hear, let your conscience be your guide. A nice thought in general, but the Bible tells us that our heart is deceitfully wicked. Pastor Robert will be teaching about one of the trials of the Apostle Paul, where we will hear about the possibility of having a clear conscience while doing unspeakable evil. Stick around after today's message from Pastor Robert. I have quite a bit of information that I'd like to share with you. Our web address, podcast subscription information, and our contact information. Now here's Pastor Robert in the book of Acts, chapter 22, with today's message. He was born a Roman citizen. Did you notice everybody withdrew? People that were getting ready to beat him, they're like, okay, I didn't sign up for this. I'm out of here. Because they knew they too would be potentially potentially vulnerable to a death sentence. And they didn't want any part of that. And now this commander, this high official in the Roman Empire in Judea, now he's scared because he realizes, I've crossed two lines here that I didn't even know I was crossing. I bound a Roman citizen, and I was about to have him beaten, literally tying him down. If Paul had wanted to, He could have cost this man his career. He could have cost him his command, quite possibly had him imprisoned over what had already taken place up to now. This is a delicate, ugly situation for this Roman commander. Verse 30 says, the next day, because he wanted to know for certain why he was accused by the Jews, he released him from his bonds and commanded, notice this was not a request or a suggestion, he commanded the chief priests and all their council to appear and brought Paul down and set him before them. This was the Jewish Sanhedrin, the council of chief priests, along with the high priest. This guy calls them all together. And if you remember, Paul had been a member of this council. Paul was actually a member of the Sanhedrin when he was holding the clothes and giving approval to the stoning of Stephen. He was a member of this. It's quite possible that that he would have even known some of these men if not many of them. He was a young man when the stoning of Stephen happened. Now a number of years have passed, but it's quite possible that he knew them. And look at verse 1 of chapter 23. It says, Then Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, Men and brethren. Now, 
A lot of Bible teachers and experts on the grammar and so forth say that just that phrase alone indicates he still considered himself to be a part of their body. In other words, there's an identification. Rather than saying men and fathers, brothers and fathers, he says men and brothers. And this is the ruling council in Jerusalem. Looking at them earnestly, no nonsense here, making eye contact. He's surrounded by 71 of the Jewish leaders. The Sanhedrin was 70 men. The high priest made 71. The Roman soldiers that are there to guard him, not the least bit intimidated. We've talked over the last several weeks about the courage of Paul. Paul knew who was in charge. He understood the resurrected Christ was the one governing his decisions and in charge of his destiny. He had nothing to fear from these people, and he knew that. Now, the same thing's true for you and I, and we need to remember it. You know, sometimes we get intimidated by people. The Lord dealt with me in my quiet time this morning about that. Sometimes you and I get intimidated by people. We're afraid to share our faith. We're afraid to be real bold with our presenting the gospel to people or whatever. We need to remember who's in charge. Jesus at one point said, don't fear people who can only kill the body, and after that, there's nothing more they can do. You need to fear the one who can pinch your heart, cause it to stop beating. And not only that, after that, he still has control. He can separate you from himself and send you to hell forever. Jesus said, you need to remember who's sovereign. You need to remember who's ultimately in charge. It's not these people that intimidate you. Paul, looking earnestly at the council, said, men and brethren, I've lived in all good conscience before God until this day. Another fascinating statement. Here's a guy who at one time had been a murderer of Christians. He had told them earlier in the temple compound. He's like, you know, you sent me, the elders, the, the, the ruling council and the high priest sent me to Damascus with letters to arrest Christians and bring them back to Jerusalem and be punished. He'd been real open about it. But he's, now he's saying, I, I did all that with good conscience. He was wrong. He recognized he had been in error. He acknowledged that. But he said, my conscience was clear. Guys, do you understand that your conscience is not necessarily a great guide? The Bible says your heart is deceitfully wicked. It's corrupt. Just because you have a clear conscience doesn't mean you're good with God. Proverbs says all of us think we're good. Actually, none of us are. The Bible says every single one of us has sinned and fall short of the glory of God, meaning that we are all imperfect. Every single human being And I've never had anybody argue with me on that point. Nobody's perfect. Common cliche. It's even an excuse sometimes for bad behavior. Nobody's perfect. But it's true. Nobody's perfect. All have sinned. We're all imperfect. Every single one of us has broken the law. And if we stand before a holy God, he's going to look at us and say, you're guilty. And if all you have to say to me is I've lived a good life, eh, it's not true. Not by my standards. You've broken the commandments. You've broken the law. You're guilty. And unless you've accepted Jesus Christ and the penalty that he paid on the cross to cover your sins, then you're going to stand before him with no excuse. You're guilty. Just because you have a clean conscience doesn't mean you're clean. Paul said, I've lived in all good conscience before God until this day. I think that Paul probably would have continued to tell the council that he had learned his error as Jesus confronted him. But they didn't give him that opportunity. Notice what takes place now as he makes this opening statement. Verse 2 says, The high priest Ananias commanded those who stood by him to strike him on the mouth. Paul says, I've got a clear conscience. The high priest says, slap him. And they do. 
Then Paul said to him, God will strike you, you whitewashed wall. For you sit to judge me according to the law. And do you command me to be struck contrary to the law? Paul calls him, right? Boom. You hypocrite. That's the whitewashed wall thing. You hypocrite. You're supposed to judge me according to the law. And here you are breaking the law as a part of your trial. And those who stood by said, do you revile God's high priest? And Paul said, absolutely. He's a lawbreaker and a hypocrite. How dare he? I had every right to be angry with him. That's not what it says, is it? That's what we wish it said. Paul said, I didn't know, brothers, that he was a high priest. For it is written, you shall not speak evil of a ruler of your people. But when Paul perceived that one part were Sadducees and the other Pharisees, he cried out in the council, men and brethren, I'm a Pharisee, a son of a Pharisee. Concerning the hope and resurrection of the dead, I'm being judged. And when he said this, a dissension arose between the Pharisees and the Sadducees, and the assembly was divided. For Sadducees say there is no resurrection, no angel, no spirit. But the Pharisees confessed both. And then it goes on. You know, they had a big fight and a big argument. And all of a sudden, the attention shifted away from Paul and there's upheaval. And then there's another riot. And so the commander has to take him back out and put him back in the barracks to keep him from ripping him limb from limb is what it says, literally. But I want us to back up and consider what took place with Paul and the high priest there, because that's a very significant object lesson for us. You see, Paul lost his temper. I know that's never happened to any of you, but it happened to the Apostle Paul. He lost his temper. And we've joked about it a little bit there because it's quite natural. I mean, somebody hits me in the mouth, I tend to get a little upset. Especially, especially when it's unprovoked and completely inappropriate. We tend to always think it's inappropriate, but when you know that was completely uncalled for. And Paul knew. So I want us to consider together the subject of anger just for the next few minutes, because I think it's misunderstood. I think it's completely misrepresented, misunderstood far too often. Point number one, anger is not sin. Some of you need to write that down, okay? You need to understand it for the simple reason that in our society and in our culture today, anger is quite often viewed as being sin. His love is the main thing. His love is the main thing. Thank you so much for joining us today. We are so excited. God has been doing some amazing things with Main Thing Radio. Opportunities to air Main Thing Radio are popping up all over the United States. We are so thankful to God for what He is doing, and we would love to see Main Thing Radio continue to expand, sharing the gospel, teaching God's Word all over the world. But of course, bringing you Main Thing Radio on this station comes at a cost. We purchase time on this radio station, and this program has been professionally produced. While we certainly don't want to pressure anyone into giving, we would like to ask that you prayerfully consider supporting Main Thing Radio. Your support will open more doors for Main Thing Radio. To make a secure donation, please log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the Donate button. Now here's Tracy with some information about the Main Thing Radio podcast.
Life these days moves fast. From one appointment to the next, most of us race through our days with blinding speed. Those in-between moments are great opportunities to connect with God. Subscribe to the Main Thing Radio podcast to enjoy messages like you heard today, anytime, anywhere. Simply log on to MainThingRadio.com and click on the podcast button. Thanks, Tracy. Join us next time for another edition of Main Thing Radio.